Good morning. It is our privilege to be here with you, and Ana Maria and I are honored to be part of the SYOC missionary work. And uh, I'm especially honored also to share with you this morning. We're going to be focused on uh, Matthew 16, and you have your Bibles will be going there. And uh, focusing on this um, call to follow Jesus. Matthew 16, 24 says, Then Jesus told his disciples, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their lives will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit them if they gain the whole world but forfeit their life? Or what will they give in return for their life? So normally when we think of the cross, we put it like in the hill, up in the hill. But this time I'm going to show you this, the, the cross in the valley, through the valley between the pigs. Okay? I'm going to show you here this uh, picture of uh, two pigs in Guatemala. Not far from where we live. The first uh, view you have is the fire. It's called the fire volcano, okay? Uh, and the second one is Acatenango volcano, Acatenango. Actually, some of the best coffee of Guatemala come from that area, okay? So that helps me focus on that because <laughs> I like coffee. Uh, the fire volcano is, is active right now. Uh, it's been active for a few years and uh, actually had created a lot of problems in the, in the few years past and uh, destroyed some of the villages around it, you know. But uh, in between the two peaks, there is a valley that doesn't look that big from this perspective of the picture right now. And it's been used as a training place. So rescuers go there, you know, go from one side to the other so far as far as they can go. They cannot go exactly to the first peak because it's, it's active, you know. But they, they do the valley, you know. Um, hikers like it to do the same thing. You know, some of the military people also use this valley in between these two volcanoes as a training place. We also have in the lake of Atitlan, one of the most beautiful lakes, in the, they say in the world, okay? I'm not going to say it, but uh, a beautiful lake, the lake Atitlan. And uh, you see two peaks, although in the, in the first one to your left, actually there are two volcanoes together. Is the Atitlan volcano and Toliman volcano. And the one to the right is the uh, San Pedro volcano. San Pedro means St. Peter. Okay? And in between, there's a large valley over there, and there is a town, actually, kind of large town. Okay? It's a, it's a, these are Mayan villages, they speak different languages over there. There are like 22 different Mayan languages, and around this lake there are three languages that are spoken. So that's the valley over there. You don't, you know, the, the picture is kind of far away, so you don't see the town in between. But there is over there 
um, Santiago Atitlan, that's the name of the town. Today, we're going to focus on this chapter 16 of Matthew, and that picture kind of helped us to understand how is the, that we live right now in between those peaks, okay? Uh, the first peak of history is the good news, the gospel. Now, it's, we are here now. We finally arrived. And, uh, and, and, you know, we've been waiting for centuries, all these promises of the Old Testament, all the, the fulfillment of all those prophecies of the Old Testament about the Messiah King that's going to come and bring the kingdom of God to earth. And finally, here in the Gospel of Matthew, is here, is here. And the, the, the topic in the Gospel of Matthew is fulfillment in Jesus, you know? So, okay, we're here now. That's the good news. We finally got it. We finally, finally have the Messiah with us, the King Messiah of the kingdom of God. You know, when they heard this, the preacher down there in the desert of Judea, John the Baptist, and said, repent, because the kingdom of God is near. And then Jesus took also the same message, repentance, because of the kingdom of God is here. Well, yeah, the, old, the fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecies, the Messiah King and the kingdom are here. Well, arriving to this peak took time, centuries, and prophetic ministry in the Old Testament. But now the Messiah King has come. And if you observe the ministry, the life of Jesus is centered in one issue, one topic, the kingdom of God. Okay? So, he preached about the kingdom, he taught about the kingdom, and he did the signs of the kingdom. Okay? So if I, says the Lord, Matthew 12, 28, by the finger of God I, I, I you know, take out demons, then certainly the kingdom of God has arrived. Okay? So... In the chapter 16, in the first verses, Jesus is talking with the Sadducees and the Pharisees, and, uh, and, and they are asking for a sign. And the Lord says, oh, these people, you know, they are so, um, how to say, they, they can interpret the weather by looking at the skies and says, oh, the weather is going to be this or that but they cannot interpret the signs of the times. They are right before the Messiah, and they don't see him. They don't understand what he's saying, what he's doing. You know, in that sense, Nicodemus was far ahead of them when he said, hey, nobody can do the things you do if God is not with him. So something is happening here, you know. So, so then he said to his disciples, beware. We beware of the teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, you know, because they don't, they, they, they see, but they don't actually see. They cannot understand, they cannot perceive, they are right before the Messiah, and they don't get it, 
okay? So that's the, a problem right here with the signs of the times that they are experiencing with Jesus, the fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecies. Then he's with his disciples, uh, and, and, and then he has, has this question for them. Who, the, who do people say that the Son of Man is? You know, taking like a survey after these years of ministry and teaching and doing the science, who do people say is the Son of Man? He takes this phrase from Daniel, the prophet of Daniel, the Son of Man. And, uh, and, and, and some say, well, they think uh, you are John the Baptist, or some others say that you are Elijah, or some others say that you are Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Well, not too bad, okay? Not too bad. Prophets. But it's still not enough. Not enough. Not too bad, okay? But not enough. Then he changed the question to them, you know, addressed the questions to them, and who do you say that I am? And then, you know, Peter, huh? who else? Peter, you know, responds and says, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Who said Jesus, wow, you are correct. Is the right answer. And, you know, that then is the climax of the narrative of Matthew. The turning point, the peak, you know, we have here the Messiah, the son of the living God. This is the good news. That's the gospel. But suddenly, or, you know, unexpectedly, the Lord Jesus ordered them not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. And you say, hey, why? This is the moment to go and say, hey, here he is. And he said, not to tell anyone right now, you know, what, that, that he was the Messiah. And the reason is because we are not going to stay on top of the mountain peak right now yet. Okay? This is not all. There is still something else that we need to know and that we need to, you know, face. But uh, as great as this is, this is uh, so expected, so good, this is not all. There is something else still, you know, that we have to wait for. And it actually, you know, presents in, in verse 27 that there will be a second peak in this history. A second coming of the Messiah, King Jesus, and his final victory. So, wow, we have now a new revelation here, okay? Probably the prophets were not completely aware of this. They, they didn't know this. They always expected the, the Messiah coming to establish the kingdom, but they didn't knew that he was coming two times, two times. See, the interpretation of the prophecies, you know, two times, a second coming for the Son of Man is going to come. 
with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay everyone for what has been done, says chapter, uh, verse 27. The Son of Man coming in his kingdom, they will see the coming of, of the Son of Man in his kingdom coming. Now, we have to wait for that great peak of history, the second one. The complete fulfillment of the promises of the Old Testament, we still have to wait, okay? So, uh, there is some fulfillment already. There is an initial fulfillment, a partial fulfillment, but we still have to wait for something else. The already and not yet of the kingdom, okay? The Messiah will go to heaven for a time, but he will come back to complete God's prophetic plan with the second coming of Jesus. Jesus will go ahead. First, he has to suffer and die and rise again. So we'll go, he'll go ahead to glory to prepare a place for us and to sit at the right hand of the Father until his return. That means there are going to be several things there, but, you know, like it'll be resurrection after Jesus' atoning death to deal with sin completely and forever, okay? This is something that cannot go on without happening. It has to happen. It's part of God's plan that the Messiah will suffer and die to pay for our sins so that that's the old once and for all. You know, through centuries, you know, they had ways of dealing with this just in a temporary way, you know, partial way, very incomplete, very, you know, not perfect, but this is the perfect work of God, and we need it. That's the only way, okay? So, now we know that there is more in between the peaks. There is something more that we didn't see before, that we know now, that we have to go through. So, there is a valley, you know, just, just stay there at the first peak and sit down, down the valley. And in the valley, you'll find this, the, the cross, suffering, death, you know. That's what I said, you, you know, when you see pictures of the cross, you normally will see it in the in, in top of a little hill. And here is actually in the valley, okay? Uh, so what we have there, the peaks of history, we have the Old Testament pointing to this one first, the gospel, the king, Messiah, and the kingdom that had come, the good news that we have to spread and that we enjoy now. But then we had this valley of suffering and death. And the second coming will be the final and complete fulfillment of that and the enjoyment of the glory of the kingdom of God. Okay? Uh, so, for Jesus, the valley is the valley of suffering and death. 
after the first peak of history, after Peter's great confession, Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And the command not to tell it. The valley in between the peaks takes place. It says in verse 21, From that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering at the hands of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed, lose his life on the cross. And on the third day, he will be raised. Okay? So that's the valley for Jesus, our Lord. And Peter, again, responds to Jesus. Not that Peter, on both occasions, may be representing the group of disciples, okay? And he said, no, God forbid it, Lord. That, this must never happen to you. How can that be? You are the King Messiah. Why aren't you going to suffer? Why aren't you going to die? We, we are good here, you know? Don't go on that. Never happened to you. You know, he was confused. He didn't understand what's going on. What's the plan of God? You know, why the Messiah has to go through that? Precisely because he is the Messiah. And he's the only one that can do it. Okay? So we have two opposite reactions here from Jesus to Peter. In the first great declaration, you know that you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus said to, to uh, Peter, you are blessed. Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. For this have not been revealed to you from flesh and blood, but from my Father in heaven. Wow, you know, he had this revelation from God himself. So I tell you, you are Peter, Petrus. And on this Petra rock, I will build my church. And the doors of heaven, the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. And I will give you, Peter, the, you know, rock, whatever you want to put it there, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. That's great. You know, what a reward. What a, you know. Uh, but then, in the second declaration, the Lord says to Peter, because he, you know, kind of put, call aside Jesus to tell, no, Lord. And he said, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. Not rock anymore. Stumbling block to me. For you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Yeah, you, you're thinking what, how great is the kingdom. Let's just stay here in the glory. But not go through suffering. And well, even Satan tried to do that in the temptation in, in uh, Matthew 4, you know. Said, hey, if you're a child, don't do that, you know. You can, 
go without that. But you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Before the glory of the kingdom, there is suffering and even death. And that's what's going to happen. So, for years at the valley was that, the suffering, the death, you know, but also for his followers. For his followers, the valley is the valley of commitment and suffering also. It might be even death for some of his followers. Uh, that's getting more complicated, huh? Then Jesus told his disciples, if any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. And explain, you know, we're already ready, but um, those who want to save their lives will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit them if they gain the whole world but forfeit their life? Well, we know that denying ourselves and taking up our cross is following Jesus into the valley. Between the peaks of history, as Jesus already did. This will lead us to the coming glorious kingdom, the second peak of history. So denying ourselves, taking up our crosses, following Jesus into the valley today. Okay? Still today. And that means living for God at any cost. That means reconsidering our priorities, even if we suffer or die for Jesus. Not living for ourselves. Not building up a, a, a kingdom for us. You know, not centered on our own things, accomplishments, you know, good stuff, good living, good this and that. It's not entangled in everyday affairs like soldiers, athletes, and farmers, like uh, Paul says to Timothy in 2 in second Timothy 2. Okay? The gospel of the kingdom is for all nations now. Not only for, for Israel. You know what the disciples expected that right there right now. But then they said, hey, wait a moment. This has to be for everybody to be heard, to be known. So the grace of God has to be announced to all the world. That was also the plan of God since forever, since forever, and we didn't notice it. The Jews didn't see it clearly, you know. They centered on themselves, and they forgot that the Lord made the promise to Abraham to be a blessing for all the families of the earth, okay? That this promise is still there, and so this is the time for Acts chapter 1, in the verse 6 to 8, you know, it says, it says, So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? 
Is this the time for the kingdom to Israel? And he replied, It is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. When he has said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and, and a cloud took him out of their sight. Okay, so we are not there yet. We are not there yet. There is something else to do or to be. Witnessing. Witnessing about the King Messiah, Jesus, to the world, to the nations. That's something that still we have to do, you know. Uh, well, you know, this, it, uh, uh, they were told, men of Galilee, wh- wh- why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Second coming. There is a second coming. He will certainly come back to complete, to fulfill the Old Testament prophecies, you know. So now we're all missionaries in mission. Wherever the Lord places us, making disciples of all nations, embracing Jesus as Messiah, and teaching them to obey the Word of God. That's the Great Commission in Matthew 28. Go, or as you go, make disciples of all nations. You know, so we have a, a task before us, some, something to, to do in between those peaks of history, in the valley, you know, that we are going through following our Lord Jesus. He, he already went through that valley, and now he is in glory, you know. Um, then we say, okay. Is it taking too long? It's about 2,000 years already. Okay? The, if, when you read the, the New Testament, you know, the Gospel Acts and the letters, you know, you realize that the, the Christians in the first century were expecting the second coming of the Lord soon. In their time, and they were having some difficulties understanding a few things, you know, because they were being persecuted, they were spread out, they were preaching the gospel, but then some of the first believers started to pass away for different reasons. And they were wondering, but the Lord hasn't come yet. And the Apostle Paul, he, he even believed that he was going to be alive when the Lord came, that's what, what he writes to the Thessalonians, you know. Then, you know, that those who die in Christ, they will be resurrected first. And then we, you know, who are alive, will be transformed. You know, that, you know. So we had that then. But it didn't happen. And second century comes, didn't happen. Third century came, 
didn't happen. Fourth century came and on and on. And then uh, when it takes too long, we kind of uh, have some difficulties. But let's see what the Apostle Peter says in, uh, in his second letter, second letter of Peter, uh, says chapter 3, verse 3 says, First of all, you must understand this, that in the last days, scoffers will come scoffing and indulging their own lusts and saying, what is the promise of his coming? For ever since our ancestors died, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Then in verse 8 says, but do not ignore this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like one day. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some think of a slowness, but is patient with you, not wanting any to, per to perish, but all to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come. The day of the Lord will come. I say it again. The brothers and sisters of Israel, the day of the Lord will come. Okay? Will come. So, when the time passes, uh, you know, by, we face some dangers. Because, uh, yeah, too, too long, too long maybe, you know? And one of the things that have happened in history is the reinterpretation of the Bible. Well, it didn't happen in the first century, second century. What did we miss? Uh, what, didn't, what did we did not understand, you know? And so, and, and so they start kind of changing things, you know? And there are tra theological traditions that emerge changing the meaning of the biblical text with uh, interpreting with symbolism or spiritualization of historical fulfillment and saying, no, that's not the way it should be read or interpreted. You know, it's this other way. Maybe what he meant was, he said, oh, beware, my friends, you know, that's not the thing to do. The other thing that could happen is that we accommodate our life to the world. I mean, it's, it's getting too long, so let's build our life, you know? Uh, achieve goals, to, you know, increase our wealth, uh, you know, uh, do great things, conquer life. And so we kind of relax our Christian life as time and the world distract us from imminent fulfillment of God's plan, letting the culture mold us instead of the word of God. So that's why Christianity becomes more superficial. You know, still there, but not really much of a commitment or a life devoted to God. See? And so we have this Christian religion everywhere. And sometimes it's, you know, as, as you say here, you know, that is miles wide and just a half an inch deep. 
And we might lose focus on the mission of God too. What, what is he doing? Why is he taking this time? Because he still wants to accomplish something, his goal, his goal of history, you know? So we lose focus on the mission of the church sometimes or what should be our personal mission at this time. We get distracted, you know? And there are so many things to be distracted or calling for our attention, you know? So we are vulnerable to, to all of that. So we have to be aware. So what should we do? Ground ourselves in the Word of God. And you're doing it here, so that's, that's great, okay? Do it more. Examine our lives to check on our priorities and missions involvement. Serve God where we are. Pray, share the gospel with others around, and support missions work of all kinds, near and far. Be available to get calling and opportunities. He will give you those opportunities. You can, if you, don't, if you think you don't have those opportunities, ask the Lord for those opportunities. He will give it to you. Uh, and you have come to the right place here in Iswayok. So deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. What is happening in between the peaks in that valley? You know now what we see in the missionary work, the goods and the not so goods. The successes, people coming to know the Lord, the Lord speaking in so many ways to different people, you know, and some others that don't see much of a fruit in their ministry. There is suffering, uh, you know, missionaries suffer. Did you know that missionaries suffer? <laughs> yeah, different things. And we all suffer. We suffer illnesses, we, we suffer uh, chronic diseases, uh, we just went through the pandemic, you know, we lost uh, dear ones that affect our, you know, make us think about what's going on in this world. Just, just watch the news or see the, some news and you'll see what's happening here. We are in the valley. We are in the valley. And we have to remember this is just in the meantime. There is something else still that we are waiting for. It's the second peak of history, the second coming of the Lord. Not just to escape this reality here, you know, like probably some other people will say, you know. It's the, what the Bible is telling us, you know. The, the, the biblical text is, is assuring us that the Lord is just patient. And he wants everybody to repent. But there is going to come the day of the Lord. And that will come with salvation for some and judgment for others. So that's what we, that's, that's what we have to uh, consider, you know, to see our lives during this time. What are we doing in the meantime? How are we living our Christian life in the meantime? Okay? It's taking too long? Well, yeah, I would like the Lord to come in right now. 
Yeah, the apostle, the apostle Paul said, hey, if I go with the Lord, that's a gain for me. But there is still something to do. So if the Lord wants me to continue here, it's going to be for the sake of others. Because God is so merciful. Remember the prophet Jonah? He didn't want to go to Nineveh to preach the God. Why didn't he didn't want to go to those people? Because he didn't like those people. And because he knew God. What did he knew about God? That he is merciful. <laughs> he didn't want the mercy of God to be poured upon them. You know, the enemies of Israel in that time. And said, yeah, that's why we're still here. I pray, come, Lord Jesus. I pray, come, Lord Jesus. But if he doesn't come yet, then we live a life that will count for him, that will, that will count for his plan, for his uh, program in this world. You know, he's building up his church. He's taking this good news, the grace of God, to the unrich or the less rich to everywhere. And then the Lord will come and establish that kingdom on earth. And that's what we are expecting, you know? And that's what motivates us to continue. So the suffering of right now, so great that it might seem to us at this moment, because nobody likes to suffer, you know, uh, is painful. It might be some, a, a health problem, could be a family problem, could be the loss of somebody. I mean, anything, anything is not really much compared to what is to come, okay? And that's what we are expecting. So, take up your cross, I mean, deny yourself. That's what he said, Bernard. See? Deny yourself, take up your cross, and then follow me. Follow me. Okay? Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for this uh, reminder of um, what we're doing here right now, what we're going through at this time, and what we have, the good news, the gospel, and what we're expecting, the complete fulfillment of God's promises and his program, the kingdom of God. We have Jesus, our King, Messiah, King of the kingdom of God, already seated at the right hand of the Father and preparing a place for us and uh, just uh, given time that for us could seem like too long, but not necessarily for him and not necessarily for those who are lost and need need the good news of the gospel for them so that they could also enjoy um, salvation. So we pray that you will help us.
go through the valley. In Jesus' name, amen.